Hey team, grab your headphones. It's time for a Step Outside podcast. Today we're sitting in the helm of Tweed Bates' per sailing boat called Southerly. Moored at the Yamba Boat Harbour, we're talking to Captain Peter Kerr, an accomplished angler and master helmsman from New Zealand. He's fished the waters of the rough straits through to pole lining for tuna. And of course, catching the humble old pilchard. It's time to podcast. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm great. I'm absolutely fantastic. Mate, great to have you on board. In fact, I'm great to be on board your vessel this morning. Yeah, it was a beautiful morning, wasn't it? It absolutely was. Uh, Guys, what we're talking to you about today, wherever you are listening to this podcast, it's about per se netting for pilchards. Now, this is something I've never done before, catching fresh bait, understanding how it ends up in the stores, in the shops, in packets, in boxes or whatever it might be, and the process that fishermen go through to actually get it to the consumer. And Pete, you are at the helm of this, mate. This particular vessel here, what is she that we are on? Uh, It's an ex-cray boat out of Western Australia. It's built by GBB, which is Jelton Boat Builders. It's a southerly design, southerly well-known over in Western Australia. And um, we, Tweed Bait, bought it about three and a half years ago, and I was involved in getting it um, changed over to Persaining and I bought it over, sailed it over to uh, from uh, Fremantle to here. How was that trip coming? Uh, did you get you did the bottom end? You didn't do yeah, the, the lavish no, lifestyle we, no, of the top end. No, we did the bottom end. We th- we thought we'd, we we timed it right. It was in April, but unfortunately we got some really really strong winds with 50 knot winds in the bite nor- wow. northerly, <coughs> which pushed us out to sea. Uh, on our track by about 50 miles. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah so Did yeah. it get rough? It was very rough. It was rough. You could, the waves were coming in higher than the boat, you know. Yeah, wow. Well. And we're on a we're on a fairly big boat. She's yeah. taking, you know, she's uh, pretty much three stories up yeah, top here yeah, in the uh, 17.3 meter boat. She's a yeah, nice boat. She's, she's a big girl, mate. Yeah. Um, the the trip around the bottom end, obviously between Bass Strait, you know, uh, we're talking Tasmania and Victoria. How was that crossing? Was that calmer yeah, that than was, the bottom? That was good actually, and we had a good trip across there. Yeah, it was just the bite was the the, the problem, okay. and we had a few problems with the boat. We had uh, the pilot was playing up and. But anyway, just we had to steer most of the way by hand. Yeah, so, yeah okay. Yeah, Mate, like, and and the, using the sextant, no doubt, and <coughs> then the stars. Mate, um, obviously when it comes to per se netting, uh, mate, this is something that I, I just can't believe how efficient you guys do this. Mm. It is a well-oiled machine. Now, it is. what we did, everybody, is we jumped on early this morning uh, when we filmed the segment for Step Outside, and we, mm. we've... We're doing a lot of stuff with Tweed Bait now because Tweed Bait is sold around the entire eastern seaboard of the country. And, you know, fresh is best when it comes to quality seafood, quality bait in this particular case. And, of course, with Tweed, they said, look, why don't you jump on our vessel and and head on out? Give Peter a call. He'll be obliging and put us on board. And that's what's happened. So, mate, we went out this morning on on your boat. We left at 3 a.m. nice and early, uh, which is uh, Queensland time, 4 a.m. New South Wales time. And we got out there, the, the way you found the fish is quite, I guess, different mm. compared to a standard sonar. What, explain to me what is it that, ha- that finds the fish for us? Well, it's an omni It's a big ocean out there. It's a big ocean. It's an omni sonar, which is much better than the, the old sonar, you know, where you used to just side you know, scan like that, boom, 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 and you get a patch of fish, then you have to wait for it to come back around again. So these are much better, you know, 360 degrees, updating three times per second. So once you hit a school, like you saw this morning, so it, it locks onto it basically. So 
and then we can tell the size of it and everything like that. So it, look, it's really, electronics has come a long way in the last few years and from the old days when I first started pilchard fishing, we didn't even have a sonar. We just had an echo sound, we used to go out, look to where the birds were, throw some pollen over the side, you know, get them all bird up, put the net around them and get our ton, a couple of ton and take them in, you know, that was... Totally it, different. It, it wasn't a Furuno FE400 by any chance, was it? <laughs> the old paper sounder. Actually, come to think of it, like a Is that right? You have to scroll. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, only way to... you'd lock on it is you'd have to scroll the paper back by hand. <laughs> Believe it or not, they're all, most of the boats that were fishing in Western Australia, those days, they were all ex-cray boats anyway, and they yeah. did have the old paper sanders on there. <laughs> it was, in the end, it cost more for the paper than what the sounder was it, worth. That's exactly right, yeah. too. If you missed out on your snapper over here when we're using the FE400, yeah, you, 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 you completely bombed out and, and did your dough. Mate, um, back in those days of per se netting, or was it called per se netting yeah, when you were over netting. WA? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, yeah. and so similar sort of ideas because you've got a lot of hooks and rings and all that that I learnt this morning yeah. that gathers the net up. Everything's got to work like a well-oiled machine it or it doesn't. It was just smaller gear those days, you know, only 100 metre nets and 1,000 meshes What did we shoot this morning? Uh, what, the net, net. length? The yeah. net length is 330 metres. Yeah, wow. And you saw I did a little overshoot went over, so it gives yeah. me a bit extra to get the, the, the net deep. Yeah. And then I can purse up deep. I put it, probably run another... 20, 30 metres, 30, good yeah, 30 okay. metres of overshoot. Sometimes I run 100 metres of overshoot if the school's running fast. Yeah, wow. So the net gets to the bottom or not to, the, it gets it to its maximum depth so the yeah. fish can yeah. go up into that corner, you know. And so it's and a, uh, with your, your, your pilchards, I mean, it's a, it, there's ways of keeping them fresh and you guys have pretty much sussed that out at Tweed Bait where, you know, it, it, I've seen the, the way that Justin on the deck had everything iced up really quickly. Mm. Well, if you go back to the old days, we didn't even used to use ice. You know, you go back 20, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we never even used ice. It's, ice has only been, to look after our product, has been probably around a long time. But um, being an, an ex-Kiwi and an ex-fisherman from over there, I was brought up with ice, you yeah. know. So with Sanfords, uh, you know, they used to bring down truckloads of ice for us. So, yeah. Very important. I, I knew straight from the start when I started fishing, you got to bring ice. So I, when I started fishing, yeah, I used to bring ice and look after my fish, and I had a good quality product coming off my boats. And um, but you never got paid any more for it. No, you know? no. And ice does cost money. <laughs> ice does cost money. That's it. Even though it's frozen water. Yeah, but um, here is it's no problem with tweed. What they supply as much ice as we want, you yeah. know, and we we ice the fish down quite heavily, as you saw and we get a good product to the to the market you know and that's what it's all about it is i've noticed like tweed bait is sold across again the eastern seaboard but yeah. not in just only supermarkets or in in the local convenience stores but every petrol gas station yeah so there's a high demand <coughs> of 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 seafood or bait required on a daily basis when, when, what do you guys chase like when is the prime time for pilchards for example um, it's different all around Australia, of course, but our prime time is from June through to December. Mm. Um, it really depends um, on the weather, of course, is yeah. a big factor. You know, if we mm. get good weather, we can catch it. We can, you know, we can go fishing a lot more and catch a lot more fish. Yeah. But uh, we're all under quota. We're under quota system, so you can only catch X amount of fish 
which is good. We look after the stocks, you know. We you do the right thing. It's got to be sustainable because yeah, you know. Sustainable. And I, I noticed also this morning you have a, a certain amount of of ice bins on the back deck. Therefore, mm. once you've got those full, if you've still got you know pilchards in the actual net, you you let those go. Yeah. Well, we we don't. The old days they used to roll them, put them pull them up tight and roll them over the floats, right? Yeah. That damages the fish. So. I've always believed, and we have a what we call it, we have a square end. You saw those little rings, you know, on that bit of right there. Yeah. And I can drop that, and that's that that drops down to about ten meters. It's a nice big big drop. Yeah. And the fish can just swim out nice and smoothly, and no yeah. worries, except when a shark comes along. Which we did it. see this morning. Yeah. The, the biggest. It looked like a white pointed at one stage, and then it was just a big, dirty, ugly brown bronze whale. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a big, big sucker. Oh, yeah. how, how big would you call him? Oh, no, he's, he's about one of the biggest I've seen. Yeah. yeah he's, he's well over six foot, of course. Oh, absolutely. I, I, know, I would have given him eight. 58. <laughs> <laughs> it looks bigger when you're above it, I'll tell you. No, it's probably... Yeah, he would he, have been, he was a huge I reckon fish. he would have been 9, 10 foot. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was a nice fish, you know. And... Um, I mean, they look beautiful in the water, but they can do some damage to our nets too, you know. We Have can... you caught sharks in your uh, nets? We ha they usually chew themselves out. Right. Our net is not, it's strong, but it's not that strong. I'd say no. put a, a, a bite in it and tear it, yeah. they can get through it very easily. It's a nylon mesh that we use uh, in the nets? It's a polyester. Polyester, so it's yeah. not monofilament fishing line or no, like a drag no, net or anything? No, no, it's polyester and it, it actually breaks down if you do something, it breaks down after a few years. Which is a good thing because, yeah. you know, again, you don't want to leave netting all no. across the deck or the but bottom. We, we don't, we always look, make sure that yeah. all our rubbish comes ashore and we don't rip up, very, very rarely rip up on the bottom. We've got all the, mar it's not a great deal of reef out here and, uh, to the north, but there's a lot to the south. Yeah, right. Off Angari and things like that. You don't go down there, you know. No. It's just so much, the bottom's so bad. But that's good for stocks of fish, yeah. any fish, because there's so much reef yep. and protection for them. Yep. And, of course, the reef produces and the sun produces uh, phytoplankton, which is fantastic for your, for your pilchards, and you that's, know. That's, that's what, what they, they love. They love the phytoplankton, you know. What are other uh, catches of bait? Okay, we've gone from the, um, you know, April through June to, to December. What about other baits? Uh, slimy mackerel, for example. Yeah, we, they weren't here last year, yeah. but um, they were here this year. Mm. And uh, I didn't target them, but then one day I, I shot the pilchards and they yep. were slimies. Yeah. And the company's happy to have them. They'll, they'll, yeah, they sell them, no worries at all. They love them. So, and as an angler and as a fisherman, I love slimy mackerel, mate. They, yeah, I mean, really, if you they, get a live slimy, it is the bomb. They're hard to catch. They're very yeah. fast. They're yeah. very smart. When the slimies are mixed with pilchards, they're so hard to catch because the slimy will... He's cunning. He'll he'll find the gap, you yeah, know. Yeah. And the pilchards are following. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> well, in that sense, we don't really like like them much because they're hard to catch. But uh, this school particular day was just sitting there and got it quite easily. Uh, you, you didn't shoot twice. You only need no, to shoot once. Just so shoot again, once. You know, yeah, nice and quick and easy. Yeah. Well, it does happen. Sometimes we miss. You know, you miss and you have another go. I mean, I'll go up to three times. After that, I go, that's it, I go home. No, you know, that's I had it, enough, yeah. you know. <laughs> I can remember once in Western Australia, I think we shot six, and the guys, the crew, said they're going to, you know, all swim ashore and leave me with my boat, and they do another shot. So I thought I'd better go home, you know. As but you do. Some days they just they just know how to get out, you know. Mm. You think you, you, you're up on them, but they can get you, you know. Mm. How do you go crossing the bars? Because East Coast bars around Australia, or particularly on the Eastern Seaboard, when you've got an open ocean to 
an open mouth bar can be yeah, quite dangerous. It uh, can. Being, being fishing out of New Zealand and fished the Greymouth and the Westport bars, I know all about it. And and the Angihunga bar that breaks you know a couple of miles out to sea. Yeah, gnarly. Um, you you get you go you really got to respect them. You, you yeah. know, and I tell everyone we always respect the ocean. Um, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you just never know. Be very very careful. And when we go across this bar, like even this morning, I had the the radar on, even though I knew it wasn't going to be any swell there. So the radar will show the radar will show the breakers. Yeah, nice. Okay. So, and you can see it where it breaks, you know, if it's breaking on the north side, we'll, we'll, we'll try, we'll go out the south, if it's yep. breaking on the south, we'll go out the north, but if it's breaking both sides, we'll turn around and go home, you know. Yeah, okay, well, which is the safety thing. Yeah, the safety, well. you know, yeah. you've got to think of safety, you've got the crew on board, you've got to think of the, you know, the boat, the staff and everything like that, so, yep. you know, you've got a responsibility as a skipper, so. What's the difference between a West... Australian pilchard, which is the traditional ones we always would buy, the WA pilchard. Yeah. Okay, it's synonymous amongst tailor fishermen, snapper fishermen, flathead fishermen. The list goes on. The East Coast pilchard, it's a little bit of difference there. What is it? Um, well, I, to be honest with you, I haven't noticed it apart from the size. That's uh, the one, the size. <laughs> because I saw them this morning and they are bloody big. It's some yeah. of them. There's some nice size ones there, like yeah. perfect for a three or a four gang five-o. Oh, yeah. Or five bar as you guys would say from Kiwiland. But, yeah. You know, but if you have a look at your, uh, you know, the, the, the WA pilly, a little bit smaller. Yeah, he's a smaller pilly. I don't, it's funny, you know, I always wonder where the, the big one, where the small ones go, you know, about 30 to the, 30 to the kilo or... 35 to the kilo why don't we catch them in western australia when they're 15 to the kilo they just don't seem to be there no one seems to catch. now and then you might get some but not yeah. very much and what about here and yet what here it seems to be a continuous sign we very rarely get we might get the odd school of 30s you know and then a few maybe at 25 but majority are between 15 to 20 to the kilo yeah okay mostly okay. big fish which are good because they yeah you know, they've got a whole more oil and they have they holding the hook better and, and that's the thing I've, I've found the pilchards over here are they a little bit more oilier because yeah, of the size? well it's the size and when you get a nice fat pilly like them mm. they're full of oil yeah and you wouldn't believe it, it's the water temperature that they sit in is the same water temperature they sit in on, on in south uh, like in western australia okay around the you know anywhere between 18 to 23 degrees yeah um we're here this morning was 22.5 right but it's funny how we got 22.5. You go 100 mile out, and it's 26 degrees. Yeah, it's you know, yeah. it's so like a, that whirlpool. Yeah, that whirlpool. Place. We got this cold stream underneath us. You know, the, at the this morning it was the tide was running. We was running back out to the southeast a little bit, but it has been running to the north. And you, mm. you go out to the shelf and it's running to the south. It's incredible. Know? That northerly wind, I, I don't know about you guys for, for bait catching, but for northerlies, for an angler for in my particular part of the world, is, is horrible. You know, it's a good oh, thing for mangrove yeah. jacks and trevally and all that sort of stuff, inshore yeah. fish. And offshore you get dolphin fish and kingies but, and snapper at times, but it, it, northerlies can shut down a lot of stuff because the water does turn green. Yeah. You, know, you don't get that nice cobalt purpley blue yeah. for our bottom fish. I, last Saturday we, we got a full load of fish in the water was beautiful, it was yeah. nice and blue, and I thought, oh, beautiful, yeah. this is going to be good. Then it went really dirty, and the jellyfish turned up, yeah. and we didn't catch a hardly caught a fish for the next five days, six yeah. days. You yeah. know. And what was the wind doing? Uh, easterly, yeah, south-easterly, okay. and yeah, it's okay. our, our worst wind. We, I, you know, There's an old saying in our fishing game, wind from the east, no good for man or beast, you know? There you go. There you um, go. 
uh, yeah, it's never a productive wind. You know, we love our, in personing, we love our northerly, nor'westerly is my favourite. Yep. Westerly, southwesterly is great. But as soon as you get into that south, southeasterly, easterly, it seems to be for all types of fishing, doesn't yeah, it? Even it does. fishing for, you know. Yeah, it changes around. It, it's one of the worst winds. Mate, when it comes to, you know, I guess, um, you know, looking after the bait when it's once it's caught, it goes into the ice slurry, mm -hmm. which we've discussed, and, and we've just unloaded onto the, the trucks, tweed mm -hmm. bait trucks, yep. then goes over to the processing plant. What's the what's the process from there for people at home thinking, okay, do they just go put in bags, or what's the what's the go? Um, yeah, well, up in Tweed, at Tweed Heads um, South, we've got a, that's our main Correct. main head office and uh, depot there. We've got two bagging machines, and we get them, we send them up bulk, quite often we'll send them up bulk, up to there, and frozen at minus 18, and then they'll just put them through the machine and they'll come straight out in, in their little one kilo bags yep. or whatever they want you know yeah. one kilo four kilo two kilo and they're the, IQFs. But the, I, the, the biggest seller is the one kilo yeah iqf yep and then of course then it gets distributed out to the depots and that goes to the shop and they always send they, they know that the bigger fish sell better in different areas or, yep. you know so they'll send it make sure they're always, they've always got the bigger fish and they find that some areas like the smaller fish you know mm. the pillies from western australia so they go for them you know but yeah, it's it's a it's a huge um, operation. I mean, Tweed have got you know massive big holding room there at Tweed, yeah. and we've only got a small one holding room here. I think we only hold about forty ton or something. You know, forty tons still a lot of fish. Oh, I can assure yeah. you that it's a hell of a lot of fish. <laughs> Mate, um, heading out into Christmas, um, what's the go with you guys? Do you still target other different particular species when the pillies slow down, or do you take the the couple of months off a sabbatical to get your gear all right for the right time of the year again. Uh, yeah, look, it's the weather here at Nyambo is still nice and warm, of course. Yeah. But you get the wind all day. You don't just it, it blows in the mornings as well. Yeah. And you might only get two days fishing a week if yeah, you're right. lucky. And yeah. to keep a crew, I always look after my crew to make sure they get paid every week. Yeah. Um, so if we don't go fishing for a couple of weeks, I, it comes out of my pocket. You know, I yeah. still pay my crew. Yeah. Uh, you've got to have money, you know. Yep, yeah, a lot course. of the fishing industries, um, if they don't catch any fish, they don't get paid. No, you know? and, no. And your crew, so, mate, I've got to say this morning, for the job that they did was incredible. They would seriously just, it was a well-oiled machine, you know, and there's a guy and a girl. Okay, so you had obviously Justin there, who's uh, the plant manager at Iluka yep. for the co-op for Tweed Bait. And then we've got Alyssa, and she's uh, an import from overseas. From, yeah. Where is she from, Italy or Argentina? Uh, well, no, she's born Argentina, okay. and then she went to Italy for four years and got a, a visa. Uh, oh, no, got a, sorry, her um, passport. She yeah. got a proper right, okay. citizenship for Italy. Then with that citizenship, she can go anywhere around the world. You know, it's wow. much easier. So she decided to come to Australia. But she, to stay here for the second year, as you know, they need to work on a primary industry. So um, she was, she was lives down the road from Justin. She kept annoying Justin for a job at the factory, but she had no transport, didn't you know? And then when I put an ad in for a deckhand, she applied. Yeah, nice. And I thought, well, at least it might calm the boat down a bit, you know? It's nice, you know the boys <laughs> won't swear, not swear swearing, and you know, it, might, it let's give her a try. And she was she was keen to give a go, and anyone who's keen, I'll always give, I'll give Good a on go. You, mate. Yeah. you know, and they 
they're here on time. It's a big thing being here on time. Yep. Because we go, as you know, we go three, four o'clock in the morning. Absolutely, and that that can make a big difference yeah. of missing the fish. Oh yeah. And when the sun comes up, they sort of shut down a bit. They do. They 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 get come and hit the surface and they run. Yeah. And they're hard to catch. Okay. Know? And they are fast fish. Very they, fast they fish. can swim. And yeah, if you've got yeah. a ton of fish or even yeah. six ton of fish. Obviously, they're going to move it at a great rate of knots, and you're loading out a fairly big net. You've got to be quick about it. That's right. So the crew's got to be on top of the game. The crew's got to be on the game, and you have a. a um, it only has to be a problem on the deck when you're shooting, like a tangle up in the ropes or something like that. Then you miss your your your, cat, your school. Yeah. So they've got to be on the ball, you know. And so I pay them to be on the ball, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if they if they want to earn good money, they've got yeah. to make sure that they, they do their job properly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a—I mean—that's a valid point. But yeah. it all comes down to respect and loyalty, exactly, and, and understanding. And I think if you have a, a work, and this goes out for a lot of people out there who are wanting some people who to employ or whatever, is if they show ambition and, and keen, mm. then you, you pretty much got half the job sold to them. Yeah, you exactly. know, because they, they're showing an interest straight away. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah, no. I mean, keenness is one of the keenness and respect of the two, you know, isn't it? You know, and especially in a boat uh, such as this as well. Mate, um, when you're venturing across the bar, what's some of the weirdest things you've seen out in the ocean? You, you, you're a, a seaman who's been around for a long time have, in New Zealand yeah. and WA coast and here. Is there anything that stands out that you think, I don't know, I don't know what that is. It's a question I ask a lot of people. Is there anything that stands out in your mind that you think, I don't know what that was, but you know, I'll, I'll just keep going the other opposite direction or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one. Um... Mostly, actually, in the sky has been the weirdest part. Yeah. You know, like one day there, there was light was coming straight for us, and I go, "That's weird," you know, and uh, and then it and then it come along, and then the light just went straight up and disappeared straight up. Well, no plane does that, you no. know. And and if you you know, that's about probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I think because you know that. There's something like that. Someone else is out there <laughs> watching you. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Absolutely. Um, but, along, along with the man in the grey suit below you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we've had some, like, funny things like, not funny, but uh, the other, last year we we hooked up a massive big log. Like, it was huge, you know, a big branch. It come down the river. We had it in the net. Yeah. We managed to get it alongside here, and we towed it in, and we put it on the truck. You know, it was a massive thing. The high ab only just lifted it, you yeah, know. Wow. Yeah. So you get things like so we got it out of the ocean anyway, you know. Yeah. So we don't catch it again. So it made a bit of a mess of the net. Have you seen other fish out there thinking, man, I wish I had a fishing rod? You know, when the mackerel are running, the marlin are about. Do you see anything yeah. like that sort of zooming yeah, in the schools? You do. I suppose go back a few years when we're. I was back in the days when we were polling tuna. Oh, okay. So you've done. Polling southern blue from wow, tuna okay. out of oh. Albany and Esperance. Yeah. Yep. And I suppose one of the funniest things was. There was a boat just not far from us, and Robin Green, a boat called the Helen M, and I'll never forget this. And I heard, we were very close, because we were polling them probably the same school, you know. And I heard someone yelling out, and I saw what had happened, it's some of the crew had fallen into the water. Yeah, wow. But Robin didn't worry about, you know, the sharks in the water with the following the two, but Robin didn't worry about going astern again. He stepped on pond. He said, we'll get you on the round and on the circle, you know. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, I wouldn't have done that. I would have gone back and got put in a stern and got my crew out of the water. But I thought that was pretty, you know, <laughs> out there. <laughs> That's the boat you don't want to work on. <laughs> Mate, um, when it comes to polling tuna, is that something, I mean, is it, it's all about technique, isn't it? You've it got was, to be strong. Yeah, you got to be strong. I always wonder why i got sore shoulders. And I think, oh, you're yeah. all those tuna over. Yeah. So sometimes you'd be polling away 10 kilo fish and easy, yeah, wow. bang, bang, you know, and all of a sudden a 
40 kilo one to go through and bang, yeah, yeah. and of course it'll, it'll it, just about yeah. pull your sockets out. You know? And you, you don't have much line? Is it cord? No line, no, it's it... just, just straight cord and a bit of, yeah, and a bit of, bit of uh, mono, monofilament with yeah. with a barbless, uh, with a squid looks like a, yeah, look, okay. looks like a squid with a barbless hook on it. And you get the tuna coming right up close yeah, to the right up. You just, we, still, we only had, the South Australians had live police. Yeah. But we only had dead ones. We only had yeah. the, the, the guy, the police boats were catching. Yeah. So we just, but they, they'd chum up fine. Oh, they'd really? chum up and we'd chum, yeah, a few times I've had a hundred tonne school behind the boat. Wow. Of Southern Bluefin tuna. Unbelievable. And we could carry, I think 15 tonne where we, we, we could carry at the time. And it's only a 42 foot boat, you know, and 15 tonne on board. That's still yeah. a lot of fun, though. I mean, uh, polling for tuna, that's something I've never done before. Uh, polled for, like, garfish and mullet. Uh, but, but we're talking big fish. So is there, what's the technique? Is when the fish pulls down, you pull back, or well, you don't give them that You go in the water, and you just, you, if really, you just bash the water. You might, if the fur is a bit dodgy, you just tap the water with your pole yeah. and let the, the lure go down, then just give it a bit of a jig and bang, they'll grab it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. when they're in a rhythm, when you've got the school running through, you know, you're chumming them, and the, you know, and the, uh, when they're going, you might use a lure, a little white lure with a good barbless hook on it. Yeah. And they just bang, you know, just pull it through the water for a, a few seconds, you know. And that's it. And then once you got through the ear, if they're a smaller fish, you could just shake it. And of course, the shulks was designed to be very fat at the, at the you know, start off very thin yep. and then go very fat. So right. the minute you take the weight off, it falls out of its mouth. Of course. Yeah, of course. So uh, you just give it a shake, it fall off, and you're back in the water for another one. You know, you just about got another one on before the other ones hit the deck. On a good day, you know. What about the um, New Zealand fishing that you did over there? Was uh, you know what sort of fish species uh, were you involved in? Well, over there? I was involved in trawling. I was brought up in a place called Timaru, and I went trawling out of there. And I, and, um, and then a friend of mine, he Gordon Nicholson, looked come up to Tauranga. It's a much better fishery. You don't have to bend all day over your back cleaning the fish you had to clean all the all the yeah. red cod and the a lot of the fish you had to clean in the south island for the market the gar sharks and the gummies yep. you call them gummies here i think too yeah we red, do yeah. red gummy yeah. um you had to clean them and everything we're in the northern up in taronga where gordon was went up to fish and that's near fakatani yeah, no, Tarana, yeah, 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 yeah. i'm getting a surtees boat yeah, yeah. Built. yeah oh really yeah, absolutely there you go yeah we used to fish a lot around white island and yeah. see it smoking all the time you know yeah. and i was saying i'd never go on that island it's too dangerous you but know the tourist boats who had all the warnings said let's go and take a step on this particular mm, island because it's going to make a great photo why? I know. I mean, anyway, look, let's move it's on. It's an from active that one. volcano. Yeah, know. I know, right? <laughs> well, I was just there on an active volcano. I don't know. And, and there's warnings because the yeah. thing was, you know, had tremors going on beforehand yeah. as well. Anyway, we won't go yeah, there. Yeah, no, 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 we'll leave that one alone. But um, it's good fishing in New Zealand. I mean, we, we, I was one of the first, Gordon Nicholson and um, I had a boat called the Sea Wife. And, her, and another boat was called the Brothers. And they were the first boats to do pier boat sea trawling. Sea and Brothers. Yeah, sea <laughs> They the first boats to do pier boat trawling in New Zealand. And I was the, I was the first mate What's on the What's pier boat trawling? Two boats, one net. Right, okay. And man, that was so... We, when they, once they clicked on and worked out how it all worked properly, it was so efficient. Yeah. Man, we were doing unbelievable shots of pink snapper. Just like, wow. you wouldn't even dream of it. Did you have to get close to the bottom for the snapper though? Yeah, or? they're right on the bottom. So we used to have one boat up at 99 Mile Beach. They don't even know if they're allowed to trawl there anymore. We used to put one boat right on, on just about on the on the beach because yep. it was still quite deep. Yeah. Right. And then another boat a mile out. Yep. Then you'd have run out and you'd run your mass, you know, your, your net would be probably a mile behind you. 
So you imagine the sweeps, we had, 100, oh, we had weights and you had your sweeps were spinning, yeah. going to your net, so schooled all the, two, all the uh, snapper into the middle, and then the net would come along. Because we could, two boats pulling a big net, we had a high flying net. We could tow this net that was flying. Most trawl nets only fly about 10, 12, 15 feet max, I suppose. What does fly mean? Uh, the height between the bottom of the net okay. and the top of the net. Okay. But we used right. to fly these at 45 feet. Yeah, wow. So we just go along and, you know, the, all the snapper on the bottom, they, only, they show up in little marks. You know how snappers yeah. show up? Yeah. Pink snapper, little marks. Yep. It'll be just little marks all the way around. We'd show for about an hour. And we had these warp meters. And so you're on 15 tonne. All of a sudden, the warp meter would just go, chum. <laughs> it would just go off the, off the board. So you had to get your boat would just about stop. And that's how much. That's how many snapper. You'd have just too many snapper, you know. And there's so many snappers still over there, too. You well, know, it's the best fishery. We've had a lot of fun out here. And I'll tell you what, the next time you step outside and grab yourself a packet of IQF or individually frozen pilchards, make sure they're from Tweed Bait and there you'll know exactly how they came to be in that store. See you next time. Thank you. Next week, we're off on another adventure, catching up with cool characters on the Step Outside podcast. See you then.